Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. You gotta give a little to get a little. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking today? I'm great and uh, this is my last cranberry juice of the day before I migrate to a craft brew. Mm. Mm. Still drinking the cranberry juice, huh? Yeah, I've been uh, dual fisting. Got the coffee, the cranberry juice. Ugh, that sounds like a horrible combination. I mean, I'm not mixing sips. But, oh, okay. You know. That's good. Uh, what about I, you? I finished my coffee and now I'm on the water. I'm, you mm. know, keeping it light today. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, so uh, let's move on to the catchphrase. Catchphrase is you got to give a little to get a little. That was sent in by Danny D. So thank you, Danny. And you can send those in to our Twitter account, which is at Money Matters Man. That is where we want them. We want some, we need some more catchphrases, guys. So send them into Twitter. You can hashtag catchphrase. You don't have to. You can just send them directly to at Money Matters Man. And I will read them at the beginning of the show. We are down to our last few before we have to uh, replenish the reserves. So if you don't mind, do that, please. Uh, all right. Uh, let's, gonna, let's get into it. We have a guest today on the show. Uh, her name is Mary Lynn Schroeder, and she's the president and founder of an Asheville, North Carolina company called In Blue Handmade. It's a boutique specializing in handmade leather, leather journals and accessories. And In Blue is the number one leather shop on Etsy with 31,000 plus sales. And now the company has eight employees and 250 plus wholesalers. And this is all from Etsy. Mary Lynn, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Very good. I, I, you know what? Etsy is sort of a, uh, it's, it's kind of foreign to me. What exactly is Etsy, if you don't mind? Etsy is a online global marketplace for handmade goods. So, so it's like, a huge platform. It's kind of like the eBay of craft. The eBay of like craft. So anyone can I mean, sign yeah. up for it and start selling crafts on Etsy. Within reason. Yeah, there's some limitations on that handmade element. There's some transparency clauses on how you produce your item and what kind of category you're going to put your items in on Etsy. They have a vintage section. Mm -hmm. They have a craft supply section. And then they have a handmade platform as well. Interesting. How, do you get, how did you get into leather? Well, I, uh, <laughs> I was doing clothing alterations. I was sewing fabric poorly. I'm not very good at that, and I was failing miserably. And <laughs> my dad called. He was said, "You got to do something, kid." So he uh, he sent me a remnant hide of leather off of eBay that he found, and said, "Try that. I think there's more money in leather." Really? And so I did. I did, and I'm very lucky. He's so supportive because you know, at some point, somebody should be like, "All right, hippie, stop." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really lucked out and he was like one last chance and let's do this and I, and I gave it a try I made some leather phone cases and then a couple leather journals and I listed them up on my Etsy shop and they just started selling like hotcakes really what was so uh, like why do you think the sales took off from doing this like when how did you even learn how to sew leather and was it any different from the fabric that you were selling beforehand Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the whole thing came about in 2008. I was working in music business in Chicago. That was my job. What was the music business? And I, well, I was a booking agent. And then after that, I was a I worked in music distribution. Oh, so okay. I worked, yeah, I worked. We sold records to record stores. Oh, cool. But I was I was a little disenchanted with it. I was kind of ready to move on. And um, I just I felt like, you know, there were always hundreds of people who wanted my job and I didn't love my job. So I thought mm. it wasn't really fair to keep it. If that makes any sense. That makes total sense. So I took off, 
I rented a farmhouse in southern Illinois, and I bought a sewing machine on the way down. I had no background in it, but the intent was to be self-sufficient. You know, until that point, my oven had been used for takeout menus, and <laughs> you know, it just wasn't. <laughs> I didn't feel like I was doing anything for myself, so so I was making an effort to do that. But I I learned how to sew. I wanted to fix my jeans and make some curtains. Turns out, I loved it. And so instead of getting another job, I uh, started selling just small purses and doing clothing alterations. And I opened my own little consignment shop in a town of 400 people, just selling other artists' work and my own. <laughs> and, that's, and that's just sort of how it took off. And then the leather came through when, you know, obviously that's not a huge moneymaker, a shop and a town of 400 people. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, you need that global marketplace. You need to start listing things online when that's when that's happening, and you need to find a good product for it. I have to ask. Uh, so, when you had this music job, I guess you were getting paid well. And then, did you like store money away so that you could just go and do this thing, or did you just kind of? Yeah, I did. I mean, not a ton. Yeah, I thought it was a ton. I was twenty-five. I mean, so I was like, oh man, I've got like ten thousand dollars saved, and uh-huh. that'll be fine for years. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of went, <laughs> right. you know, it hadn't occurred to me. And I was so lucky that I came out of college. And even during college, I had jobs in music business. So I never really had a struggle until I quit and then kind of showed up in the middle of nowhere and found out that if you're not, you know, don't have a highly specific skilled craft in a specific field in an urban area, maybe it's a little harder to make money, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, sometimes that's the best best way to learn, trial by fire. Yeah. So uh, you started with Etsy, and, and I, I'm curious how come you went that direction because it feels like er- the traditional thought is like, well, go build a website and then create a Twitter account, and then hopefully people will buy your thing. Right. Well, I, I think that the unique thing about what I'm doing is I have, I mean, I say music business, and I did booking, and I did distribution, but I have virtually no knowledge of business whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> When I started, I was like, I don't know what to do. I didn't really necessarily think when I started sewing or when I started making things and and selling them, oh, I'm going to have this sort of craft empire and one day I'll have eight employees and we're going to do this. It didn't occur to me. I honestly thought I was just taking a beat. Right. You know, like, okay, maybe I can make this get through for a year and I'm going to figure out what the hell to do next. And, And that was sort of my plan, like figure out what you love. It just turns out I loved what I was doing. Did you start so, a gentle way to do that, you know? Yeah. And did you start selling like your fabric sewing stuff on Etsy or or did you start with the leather once your dad sent you some leather? I started with the fabric. I did that for about a year. I was making purses. I was actually making little like uh, padded pipe pouches out of demand in this little hippie town. Well, uh, well what do you mean like, by pipe it, uh, padded pipe like for marijuana? Yeah, I'm sure. That's what they were being used for. But yeah, and like patchwork <laughs> bags and yeah, right. you know, know, know your audience. And we were right outside of Southern Illinois University and that, you know, that kind of was what was selling. So That's cool. And it worked. Yeah, it worked but until it, I didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah. Right. And then, and then like what, so was it not working and that's why your dad sent you the leather or it was just like, here, try this thing? I mean, it was just barely maintaining uh-huh. I think I was calling him more often than not to have to, for help, you know, right. or advice. I think I wasn't going anywhere. That's clearly not, you know, 
that wasn't going to be a good business plan for me. And you were doing actually, all this stuff. Yeah, and you were yeah. doing all this stuff yourself. Yeah, and and I worked overnight at Steak and Shakes during that time too. Oh, so, so you were doing you had two jobs at the time. I had two jobs. So I would open my store at 10 a.m. I would work till 6 p.m. and then I would go into the overnight shift at Steak and Shake at 10 p.m. and work until 6 a.m. And so we were making it work, but not sleeping. And <laughs> no sleep. And no sleep. Yeah, right. That's that's fair. And then when when did when did it start to become a reality where you said, okay, um, these things are selling now, uh, production is ramping up, uh, did you have trouble keeping up with it, or like, when was the breaking point that you said, oh shit, this is like, I gotta, this is it? Uh, it was December 2nd, 2009. You know I the exact down. date. I do. Uh, we were featured on like a blog ah. for Mark Sturt that kind of featured one of my journals. I had only had them out for two weeks. And I woke up in the morning and I had, you know, 80 Etsy sales out of nowhere. Really? I was like, okay, well, I have no idea how to make 80 journals at once. Wait, so you put up, <laughs> you put you didn't even have these things made when you sold them? Well, I not, not we make everything to order. So oh. I had some in stock, but Etsy's will let you list more than you have. And the thought process is, oh, somebody places an order and then you have a week to make it and send it. And that rhythm worked for me, you know, when we were selling two items a day. Yeah. And then when it was 80, it was like, oh, God, here we go. You right. know, I got to figure something out. So I had some friends come in and help me out. And that's a pretty common story on Etsy. I mean, I've heard tons of my peers say this. Like, oh, at Christmas time especially, and that's that holiday season boom online. But I was in no way prepared for that. So it was definitely, I learned, I lost money when so, that happened. Right. And so it was right around Christmas time, right? It was perfect timing. You got featured on Martha Stewart and it kind of just blew up. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at some of your uh, creations on Etsy and I don't, what, what, how do you make the, you know, you have the, I see that you have the sewing in there, but you also have like custom designs and stuff. How do you do that? We, uh, so we, we print on the items with rubber stamps and uh -huh. stencils, and it's a solvent ink specific to leather. I see. So in our studio now, we have 3,000 stamps available, and we have an online catalog you can go to to look at them all. So basically, you start with a blank item, you know, a journal that we make, too, mm -hmm. but, and then you choose your image, and we'll also print, we'll hand print up to 10 words of text on oh. the item. Oh, okay. So that, like a custom order. Yeah, for sure. But they're all no extra charge. So I think, I mean, I think that's a big part of our business, mm -hmm. you know, a big who, part of our pitch. Who so. does your designs? Uh, Sarah Volkson from 100 Proof Press. She's mm -hmm. awesome. She does all of our stamps. And uh, so I'm looking at your sort of the, the timeline of, of how uh, this business sort of took off. And so it was in 2009. And you, why did you end up moving to North Carolina from Illinois? Well, I had, you know, boys and... <laughs> oh, boys. <laughs> oh, boys. They're at the start and end of every great adventure. Uh -huh. um, I, you know, we had so many sales online that I wanted... I couldn't handle both. I still had my little shop. Ah. So I had this little shop, and there's, you know, 20 people coming in that a day and one person buying something. And then, you know, I've got my Etsy. Well, Etsy's taking off, and I, can, I couldn't balance it. So I sold my shop... For you know five dollars, honestly, <laughs> just handed it over to somebody. Oh, really? At paperwork and took off for Asheville. 
Asheville seemed like a really good conducive spot for me. It's, it's a great environment for artists and mm-hmm. you have a lot of capable people to hire there as well. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing actually a lot about North Carolina being this, it's sort of becoming a tech bubble as well. Oh yeah. As well as yeah. an artist, you know, Haven. And I know their craft brew scene is pretty awesome there too. Well, right. And we are located right here in Asheville, North Carolina. And that's, I mean, that's so great for me that we're beer city USA. Yeah. We've got Sierra Nevada's moving in. New oh, Belgium's really? In. Yeah, Oscar Blue's already moved in. Yeah. Oh, so all these places wow. Are second locations right here in town, which is great for the Asheville economy, too. That's, I think it's like a thousand new jobs for Asheville with these breweries coming yeah. in. Yeah. Which Holy crap. In, a, in a town of 73,000, that's pretty substantial. So. And so, yeah. did, and when did you, um, did you, were you making enough money in 2009 where you could just up and move and not have to worry? Well, I didn't move. I actually moved in 2011. Okay. So you had a store for a couple of years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And you were making yeah, enough I, money on Etsy to do that. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was great. And I moved right after my Christmas season, which was great, too. So right in early 2011. And, and then, I had enough money stored up. And things are slow online, too. So, I mean, you really have to be mindful of that when you're moving your studio. Uh-huh. You can't really in December, that's not an option. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. January is fine. Would you consider yourself like a frugal person? Uh, no, but I am learning a lot from you guys. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I really am. We just, you know, we just got back from New York City a couple days ago and we had to drive. We had a bunch of product with us and we took it on the road and we came back home and we listened to your podcast the whole way. Oh, awesome. That's and so my whole cool. Team, we were like, oh, great. Oh, <laughs> difference between gambling and investing. Yeah, there is a difference. <laughs> yeah, I called my accountant. She was like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how long after uh, Asheville did you start to hire employees and, and really set up shop there? Um, probably, I think it was about two months before I had a couple of full-time employees. Wow. And so I worked for a little bit, yeah. And what else are you do you what else are you doing to say drive sales to Etsy or is is does Etsy get involved in promoting you at all? Sure. Yeah, they do. I mean, I think Etsy does a fantastic job of supporting, you know, all the artists on their platform. They do uh, there's a rotating front page feature um, based on community treasuries actually. So members of the community will put together kind of collections of items, cohesive collections and Etsy will, you know, rotate them out every half hour or hour. So we get in those a lot. We're on the front page a lot. And, and Etsy will do little things like put us in an email that goes out to a couple million people, which is really great. Oh, wow. You know? But a lot of it's, um, they do search ads. You know, you pay to kind of get featured when you search on Etsy. And that's been really great for us, too. We have a budget for that as well. So. Huh. So I'm um, stalking your shop on Etsy, and, and one thing I noticed, it says, opened on September 5th, 2008, and I'm guessing that might have been the worst time to open a shop? <laughs> probably, probably. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's part of the reason is we've been successful is I've had no knowledge of any of that. I mean, you know, the economy was obviously terrible right then, but I didn't, it didn't occur to me that... Yeah. That was an issue. I was a kid working with bands, and then I was a kid living on a farm in southern Illinois making stuff. So, I mean, it, you know, it didn't really happen in my head that I was like, is this a smart time? And if it had, if it had occurred to me, I don't think I would have done it. So, I think that's been pretty awesome, is my lack of knowledge. Right. Has actually kind of 
kind of amped it up a little bit. You know, I definitely lost money for a few years. I'm not even sure I understood that I was losing money. Right. I just knew that I wanted to make this stuff. I wanted people to have it. And, and I definitely believe in it. I mean, I'm really proud of those journals, especially because I think that I, I think they mean something to someone. I've never been a very talented musician, though I try, but I like that maybe we could <laughs> facilitate that creativity in my favorite songwriter somewhere, might be writing songs in our book, and I think that's really cool. And that's always been the motivation behind it. And I think it's super rad that we're making money now. Yeah. You know? And we've got this team of people that also stand behind the product, but I think our naivete, if you will, is kind of what helps us out sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I the the, the journals aren't expensive. Mm-mm. They're actually some of them are less than you you buy like a moleskin anywhere. Oh yeah, and these are yeah. leather. You know, these are quality. It looks like quality stuff. And I mean, like I, like I had said it before we got on the call, is I bought a moleskin for myself, and I thought oh, I'm going to be this cool guy carrying around a moleskin and writing my thoughts and doing my doodles and perhaps writing a few personal <laughs> finance rap songs in there. And I can't bring myself to put the pen in the thing because it's such a nice product. And I, but I want to, like, I, I feel like if I had, maybe if I had a couple of them that I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel so. And, it, and if it didn't cost, you know, as much as it did, I would, I would feel a little bit better by doing that. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely, I mean, I do, I do a lot of uh, writing. I, I write music and, and perform music and uh, I'm always looking for journals. And I think this is, these are cool. I mean, a lot of the designs that you have are, are unique. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really, I mean, we feel really lucky working with 100 proof press and they they're doing you know all of our stamps and that's been really great for us they use a lot of like images from webster's pictorial dictionary royalty free kind of old school mm-hmm. almost steampunky images or yeah. you know you'll get the anatomical heart on something or i don't know the the phrenology map and i think that's a really neat thing i think it evokes some kind of emotion especially with the ability for the customer to choose that's really personal. So when they're trying to motivate themselves to write or when they're trying to get something out, be it a song or a, just whatever, a poem, an essay, they, they're looking at this book and they're like, oh, but that is my favorite quote and I had it put on the front and that's why I love to write or, you know, it means something to me. And I think that that kind of takes it up a notch. Yeah. I like the idea of the phrenology map. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's really, really neat. neat. Um, so... I want to get into uh, the, how you how you ramped up from you know you, you're not are you just selling on Etsy right now or are there other platforms that you're selling on? We distribute to well, it's now three hundred around three hundred boutiques and chains internationally. And do you do so, that through a distributor or you're just wholesaling directly to them? Just us. We're wholesaling. We have a an awesome wholesale manager. His name is Travis Neville. He's great. And He's at work right now. And you do all the shipping out of your studio. Yep. Yep, we have a shipping guy as well. Really? So, yeah, and he's handling. He's cursed. I can guarantee you. I, I went home for this interview because it was supposed to be somewhere kind of quiet, and our studio is far from it. Right. Uh, but I can tell you right now that Travis is on the phone with one of our wholesale accounts, and Eric is yelling "fuck" at the computer <laughs> <laughs> while trying to ship something out. Right. So yeah, that's exactly what's going on at the studio. That's awesome. I see you. You did a soft uh, launch on Amazon. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And what's on what's on Amazon? Well, you know what? I actually I put the shop on hold for a little bit. I wanted to make a grand entrance and we've been on the road a lot this summer. We've been 
doing this sort of in blue on tour gimmick where we go to all these festivals and we're vending. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been really great. But I felt like I didn't want to kind of divert my attention too far from anything. So I held off a little bit. Uh, We have the spot on Amazon. We've got the shop if we want it. And when we had stuff up, we did kind of a separate line of wallets, something Amazon specific. And it went really well. uh, But I just, I didn't feel like we could maintain it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I, wanna, I, you know, I think the tour thing is cool. I mean, because you're you're taking the online business offline and sort of going in front of people and seeing their reactions to the stuff in real time. Yeah, it's been awesome. I actually, as it turns out, I've really missed people. So <laughs> right. <laughs> we all did. We were like, we think we're starting to get weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we're talking to the computer a lot. Um, but it's been great to go on tour. And, you know, we've been all over the country and – we're almost, we're wrapping up for the year here. We're going to be in at Riot Fest in Chicago next week, mm-hmm. which is going to be really great. Um, I like to go home for a minute, and it's all of my favorite bands playing, and that's kind of how we'll close out the tour for the year. But the, the festivals are great money, too, and they're a great way to kind of deal with, you know, anytime you're doing this handmade production, you have a lot of one-off items. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a mistake or Somebody placed the image in the wrong part, you know, on the cover of the journal. You know, it was on the right and it should have been on the left. And those are things that we can actually sell at these festivals as well. Yeah. So it's a great way to get rid of that back product. So we have a lot of uh, crafty DIY people in our audience. How could these people or how might these people get started uh, if they really like admire what you did and they want to do something similar? How would they get going? Well, definitely sign up for an Etsy shop. I, re- I really advocate Etsy. I, I'm a huge advocate for them. I think that it's a gr- great platform with a low investment. I mean, you kind of make what you want out of it. You don't have to put a ton of money into your search ads to sell an item. You don't have to put a ton of work into listing an item, and you don't have to quit your job to do it. So it's not – you don't have to throw everything in to just, you know, put your craft on Etsy. And then, you know, you dedicate as much time as you – feel necessary to it to see results you know obviously the more time you spend promoting the more time you spent renewing your items or taking your pictures the better you're going to do but i do think it's a great way to feel things out the other thing is to to do craft fairs small scale yeah small scale craft fairs there's one in your neighborhood you know there's something out there that has 20 vendors on a local street downtown and you'll find that when you're talking to people in your community that they really want to hear your story they really want to support the local economy they want to buy from you Mm -hmm. and it's a great way to learn too about your price point about feedback on your product you know Mm -hmm. I think it's a really good way to get started yeah you're creating that feedback loop absolutely yeah and you're learning to have a thick skin too I mean as you kind of do that on a smaller scale then you can do it on a grander scale yeah but before you pitch Barnes and Noble or something like that, you need, right. you need to pitch your local consignment shop. Well, when you say, you know, you develop thick skin, can you tell us like the, the harder part of the story, like people saying that you suck and are terrible? Oh yeah. People say you suck and you're terrible all the time. <laughs> I hear that. I mean, we, we hear it too. Yeah. Great a lot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not, you know, it's online. It's not as much in person. People are better in person, but online's a tough place. There's no holds barred. You are just, you're on there and people don't have to look you in the eye. So they are going to say stuff to you. Mm-hmm. Some people just want a free item. Some people legitimately don't like their products. Sometimes you just really fucked up. Yeah. I have, you know, we, we do this hand printed text on our items. 
And I will like, you know, one out of every 200, I spell somebody's name wrong. <laughs> I like, <laughs> you just gonna do it. You can't, you have to be ready yeah. for that. And you have to, you have to understand like the more you ramp up production, the more likely you are to make a mistake. So how do you handle goes, it? Like how do, how do you deal with people saying that you just like suck? Well, I drink a lot, like a lot. Amen. <laughs> I drink a lot. I weep in the corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, I sometimes it gets to me. Of course, it does. I still, I'm really proud of the product. My hands on almost every single item that goes in and out of the studio. So I do take it personally, but yeah. I also try to understand. You know, I try to gauge rationality too. Like nobody should be screaming at you over a journal. Yeah. Regardless. And, so I have to at some point be like, okay, this person's just kind of nuts. Yeah. You and know? you have to develop that thick skin like you have on your journals. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yes. That was a that was a great. I'm going to put that up at work. Yes. That was pretty funky, but I like it. We're going to be like thick skin like the leather on our journals. Like the leather on our <laughs> journals. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We have a great photo of Rob Lowe in our studio via uh, – or during St. Elmo's fire era. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I'm going to put that up next to his portrait. Oh, perfect. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. You got to take yeah, a picture no, and send it. <laughs> that's perfect. Please do. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's just one of those things as an artist, you got to get used to it. I wasn't at first, it would affect me for like days at a time. Yeah. I remember my first negative feedback on Etsy and I like tried to contact this woman. I couldn't find her. I, did everything. I I went very close to a deep depression on the rejection involved in this one journal. <laughs> right. And now I'm like, okay, well, it happens. It happens. We're yeah. sorry. We're gonna do what we can do to make it right. And if we can't, we're gonna refund your money. Yeah. Now and everybody's just gonna move on. You know. Did you see like a huge shift in your personal life when you went from having say ten thousand dollars in the bank to having much more than ten thousand dollars in the bank? Sort of. I don't. I wouldn't say it was overnight, right? But in a very short time frame. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, I, I don't want to, I want, I want to make it clear when I actually started the store and everything, when I was down there, I only had like a thousand dollars left in my bank account. Okay. <laughs> so we really did that with nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, my first store was like $300. My supplies were just minimal. There was a lot of like, so, I mean, and it was definitely bare bones for a long time. And then all of a sudden, yeah, we were getting 15, $20,000 contracts. Wow. So, I did see a shift in my personal life, but mainly in how good it felt to pay things off. Mm. You know, like I wasn't in substantial credit card debt, but enough that I, it felt very good to hand them the money. Felt good to pay off all my taxes. Felt good to do all that. And school as well? No, no, I was on scholarship. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Yeah, Yeah. I have a philosophy degree from the University of Illinois and I uh, just paid for books. Who's your favorite philosopher? My favorite philosopher, I actually I like uh, Daniel Dennett a lot. He's a newer guy. Yeah, newer guy. Who's your favorite philosopher? Uh, right now, I'm probably going to say Marcus Aurelius. That's awesome. Cool. Right now, though, <laughs> I've, only, I've only just gotten started with philosophy, so I'm sort of trying to feel it out. Well, it's a Pandora's box or whatever. Yeah. You're going to be going down a wormhole. I'm, I'm right now in stoicism land, and I'm not sure <laughs> where to go from there. I know there's like Seneca, uh, Marcus Aurelius. That's pretty much all I know, I think, at this point. Well, you know, it's a journey. I'm really glad I got that degree because I do think it helps me in some ways. But there are moments where I'm like, man, I should have gotten a business degree. Yeah. I'm sure that you guys have. But you learned, you yeah. learned by doing. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if college would have taught you all that. 
No, probably not. I don't know. In, in <laughs> I don't know how much attention I was paying anyway. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I think it's great. And I think the, the greatest thing about the business is we're still learning every day. And, you know, we have a lot of really good hired guns. We have great accountants. I've got a great publicist. Really lucky to have him. And, you know, I think my team, too, I think the smartest thing that we've done is kind of taken the ego out of it. And whenever Katie, one of my managers, and I are hiring people, we're like, okay, what are they better at than we are? Let's get them. Yeah. You know? And that, that's the best thing you can do. Like, I think the thing that I'm best at with this is making journals. <laughs> right. And that, I don't want to stop making journals. Like, I want everybody else to handle the, everything else. The business side, and you handle the art side, the creative yeah, side. Yeah, totally. Nobody should put me in charge of cool. yeah, what anything do you think, else. Do you have, like, a, a single or some pieces of advice that you'd give to somebody who wants to start an Etsy account, really not sure where to start or what, they're, what they want to do? Do you have any advice for them? Um. You know, for an online marketplace, for selling online, I think the most important thing you can do is good pictures. Okay. Great pictures. Put it all into your pictures. People are looking at your products. I mean, it needs to look sharp. And, and you know, that thick skin and ego, I think those, those are really important. Be confident in your product and be prepared. Yeah. To stand behind it no matter what. And your price points are pretty low. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why, why? I think it's a good thing for sure. And why do you keep them so low? Because I, I, I feel like some of these things you could definitely sell for way more. I, I want everybody to have them. Okay. You know, I'm totally not a, see this, that's the thing is like, I'm not, I'm not the business person and people are always like, oh, raise the prices up. Even, even people that work with me want me to raise the prices up. But I just, I want everybody to get them, mm-hmm. you know, use them. And that's really important. Our profit margin is pretty good. Yeah. I've gotten good at, at negotiating with my distributors at this point, and we've gotten really fast at making this stuff, which is, it bodes well for us because obviously that's where my profit lies. Right. But I think it's really important that we maintain this achievable product where, you know, anybody can get a journal to write in. I don't want just somebody who can afford a $75 item to be able to get my journal. I want somebody who's really got something to write about to be able to get my journal and that could be anybody, you know. That's awesome. I'm going to I'm going to get a journal. Oh, we'll just send you one. Yeah. See please. this yeah, I do this. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'll just send everybody one. <laughs> I I I definitely uh I've been starting to write and right now I uh, like I said I have the one, but I'm I always end up buying the uh the five-star mead, you know, college-ruled notebooks. Uh-huh. I don't know why. I've- I think they're great. I have some of those. I cover them in leather. Yeah. And they've ridge marks from the from the spiral bound. But I do love those books. Yeah, I think yeah, I'm definitely I definitely want one of those. They're super cool. Are you left handed? I am right handed. I just That's had, good. I just had to look at my hands for a second to determine that. That's awesome. <laughs> I was like, you I make did the L with your left hand. I you know what? Since I'm dyslexic, that's how I drive. I have to put my fingers <laughs> up like L's. And I go, okay, L is, and then I, and then I sometimes forget which way the L faces. <laughs> yeah, me so too. it's just, it's just horrible. Yeah, no, I think it's um, left-handed people. I have the biggest, uh, I have trouble because we have to, you know, we'll make journals. So we do a lot of blank journals because it's much easier for right. a left-handed person to write in a blank journal. So there you go. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I think a lot about that though, probably more than the average person. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And we'll definitely link to your page because I think the stuff that you have there is pretty awesome. And I and I really hope that if anyone's out there and they want to, you know, start making, even if it's a side project to begin with, and then you never know, it could go full time if your stuff's good. And, uh, and I think you're perfect proof of, the, of that. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. No, I appreciate it. So if you guys have questions about this, you can email us in at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. Hey, if you guys are actually interested in purchasing one of these leather notebooks, leather belts, there's wallets, there's flasks, there are all kinds of uh, cool stuff here at In Blue Handmade. And you can find that at uh, etsy.com slash shop slash in blue, all one word. And if you like the show and you want to hear more interviews and all this kinds of stuff, which is fun, uh, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. You'll get them delivered directly to your app or your wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, we have one every single day, so it would be nice to uh, subscribe and get it in automatically every single day. I subscribe. Andrew subscribes. Right? right. <laughs> so, so why not? <laughs> uh, I'm going to read a quick review real quick. Uh, it's uh, from Eric CSU from, from the United States. Five-star review. My daily dose of personal finance. Hence the word daily, right? I have really grown to love this podcast. Great interviews and easy to understand concepts. Thanks, guys, for producing a quality product. And that fits perfectly for what Mary Lynn does. And uh, go visit listenmoneymatters.com. And of course, we have a toolbox with all our resources for money stuff, which is listenmoneymatters.com slash toolbox. And Mary Lynn, thank you so much again for being on the show. You're a true inspiration out there. Oh, God. Thank you guys so much for teaching me so far everything I know about money. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. And guys, thanks again for hanging out with us. And of course, we look forward to the next episode. So later. Later, man. 